Good morning. Yeah, another morning uh, episode. Podcast and coffee. Yeah. Um, real quick, I want to thank our sponsor, Hayfla. Hayfla offers a wide range of products and solutions for the woodworking and furniture making industries from hinges and drawer slides to connectors and dowels, sandpaper, wood glue, shop carts, and everything in between. Exclusive product lines such as Lux LED lighting and Slido door hardware ensure that every project you create is built to last. Learn more at Hayfla.com. Yeah. Um, if you're in the Northeast, we'll be at the Wednesday, June 7th. Looks lighting classes at the uh, New York City showroom, Hayfla showroom. If you're interested, uh, reach out to your Hayfla rep or get a Hayfla rep and get set up. It's a free class. Um, they have two running that day. We're taking both. Um, the first is a complete beginner course, which um, we do have some experience, but it's been a while. So we're going to take that as a refresher. And then, um, that's, so that's 9 to 11, I think. And then lunch 12. <laughs> yeah, 12 to 2 is the um, the class for, they call it like for existing users. Um, we're also taking both because lunch is offered in the second class. So, you know, we got to be there for lunch. Oh, yeah. It's, it's good to keep up on all that stuff because there's so many little interchangeable parts. Yeah, it's like anything, you know, we got some lighting coming up. So um, rather than just wing it on our own, we might as well get some good info. Yeah. And it's a nice day. Get into the city. Hopefully it'll be a nice spring type day. Yeah, well, we'll be inside. So yeah, the walk. It's, I, I always like walking in the city. Not me. I'm going to stay as far away from the city as possible. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that part. But like once I get in there, I like, I like walking around. Yeah, it's not too bad. Um, So since we last spoke, let's see. Not much has been going on. Been working on those barn doors. Those are those are done, ready to go. We'll be going out there next week. Um. Going to the Hamptons after Memorial Day seems like a bad, yeah, recipe for disaster there. This Cal invite. I don't know what that is. Clinton Street. I feel like we've worked on Clinton Street in Hoboken. That's where we're headed later. Um, Later today. We have to go up to Hoboken to measure a job in Hoboken. Hoboken High School. Uh, oh, is this right by uh, that other job we did? Yeah, so you were to pass um, where we did the, what's it? Where we did the wine library mm -hmm. and keep going for like two blocks it's right there uh, everybody's all clustered in one spot well Hoboken's like only like a square mile <laughs> like yeah. literally I didn't realize it was that small yeah let's see 
Hoboken, New Jersey. Famously home of Frank Sinatra. Yeah. Reach a thousand per square mile. Come on, give me the give me the area. Total one point nine seven square miles. Land of which one point two five square miles is land. So it's one and a quarter square miles. Tiny. Yeah, that's nothing a square mile. Yeah, I mean, Kingsburg's got to be at least, what, five square miles? Yeah, I, it's kind of a weird shape, I think. The way Hazlitt comes in there, I'm not sure, to tell you the truth. Mm. And how how far does Kingsburg go over towards, like, Port Monmouth? Uh, uh, do they touch each other, Port Monmouth and Kingsburg? Uh, On the wet side over here? Yeah, yeah, they must. Yeah. Because on the dry side, there's no Keensburg on the dry side. Oh, there isn't? No. Oh, okay. So that's all like Hazlitt and Middletown and... Yeah. North Middletown. It's, and, well, I don't know how big Port Monmouth is on the dry side. I think there's only like me and my neighbor. It's, it's weird. Well, no. You got Main Street, Port Monmouth. That's all Port Monmouth. Um, you mean that, that, uh, like if you go down Chestnut and take a left, that's all. Yeah. That's Main Street, Port Monmouth. Oh, I didn't know that. On the dry side? Yeah. Huh. what did you think it was? Main Street, Middletown? <laughs> I didn't know what it was. Cause I remember when we first, first year we lived there was Middletown. And then they said. Well, mailing, to, mailing yeah. things oh. are different than. Ah. Yeah. That's Port Monmouth. Um, Keensburg is only 1.07 square miles. Wow. Of land. It's 16.44 square miles total. So it's, it's got a decent amount of water. Yeah. That's huge. Amount of water 16 to one. Well, look at the map. That's the land. The water goes all, <laughs> which doesn't really make sense because no. you can't own water. So <laughs> is that the bay that they, they, Including their map? Yeah. So, yeah, heading up to Hoboken later this afternoon to measure for um, a little wall unit and a banquette. So it should be pretty simple. Um, just get some good measurements, see the space. Yeah, hopefully everything's in uh, good condition. Yeah, I didn't give, like, an official scope of work letter, so everything is, you know, still up for changes. That's cool. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm done, like, sending scope of work before with some of these designers because it, it always changes, mm -hmm. and it's not worth the time. You know, here's the ballpark number. Okay, sounds good. We'll come measure. Then you get a scope of work letter. Yeah, we're working on that kitchen, and it's uh, a little bit of a back and forth, same thing, kind of. Yeah. But we'll get those uh, samples today. Hopefully that'll wrap things up. We could, you know, 
nail everything down. Yeah, I've got um, Carl from Meridian, which is a, uh, um, I, I don't know what they call those kind of places. They're a, a door manufacturer, but they do, I guess they probably build cabinets and stuff too. Yeah. They like to call themselves wood specialties. Oh, yeah. See what they, what they build themselves as. I know that's what, like that Keystone place, that's what they say. It says cabinet maker. That's what, hmm. oh, they're in New Holland. I guess it's one of those things, like they'll build an entire kitchen or if they, if you want to just buy doors and yeah. whatever, fillers and all that kind of stuff. Um. So yeah, we'll see. Maybe Conestoga will come through and get some samples. I don't know. We had the Richelieu salesman, Andre, stop by yesterday. A little cold uh, visit, which was... uh. Which was cool, you know, found out some stuff that they have that, you know, be interested in, in buying, that's for sure. Yeah, they, they stock a lot more product than I imagined, actually. Yeah, the nice thing about Richelieu is you can go on their website and see pricing for all this stuff. Like, you can go look at pricing on la on melamine or plywood or edge banding, you know. Like, our, our plywood supplier, Fez, I don't have too much to complain about with them, but the problem is, if I want... If I want to, first of all, there's no catalog. Like, I don't know what you have. They have, must have 20,000 different types of plywood. So sometimes I'll call and ask for, you know, do you have this? And it's like, no, but they might have something that's similar. Mm -hmm. But we're not well versed enough in the entire catalog to, to know. Our salesman's been MIA. He came to the shop once and we even called him out on it. And, you know, he still hasn't came by. No. Come by. <laughs> um. So at Richelieu, you can actually go on the website and see like, all right, a four by eight sheet of white melamine is $28. And if you buy, you know, that's if you buy one to eight, if you buy eight to 20, it's $25. And if you buy 20 or more, it's $22. Um, then it might come in five by nine. Right. It, it has all the little selections so you can choose your, your width and then, you know, it'll delete whatever selections you you know, you can't, but it's like, okay, this one's available in five by nine, uh, available in three quarter inch and half inch. And, you know, so it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's good to be able to reference all that stuff instead of waiting on hold and making a phone call. And like you said, they just tell you a flat no, because we ask one question. They don't, they don't really offer any alternatives really. Yeah. Yeah, like it's on you to be educated in their product line when, you know, well, unless our salesman comes here and walks us through it, then I don't know what you have. Yeah, because they're not really like, I mean, I guess they're in sales when you call them up, but then they're, they're not like trying to sell you anything. So they don't go, hey, we've got this. This will work for you. Yeah, like, yeah, they're they're in sales, but it's like a sales desk. It's not like they're a salesperson. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like we have a salesman. Allegedly, <laughs> who came to the shop once, like two and a half years ago, and yeah. we get to see him or hear from him since. I, I actually got his phone number. I called him once, but uh, yeah, that was it. Yeah, he he did answer my question, but he never did come by. Yeah, I don't get it. I mean, we're not huge buyers, but but we are customers. Yeah, it was like I told Andre. It's like you know. 
our biggest, you know, how you're going to get us to buy more stuff from you is by educating us on what you have, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I was actually on Rishla this morning looking at edge banding for my kitchen and they have, um, you know, so I need cherry, pre-finished cherry edge banding. Well, they have it and I think it's cheaper than Edgeco, which wow. I don't know how because Edgeco is, their prices are fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was like 70 bucks for, for a 500 foot roll of pre-finished cherry. Wow. And, you know, shipping was 15, but. That's not bad. I mean, it's going to be at least that from Edgeco. They ship UPS, so um, yeah, I think what we'll probably do is is order some stuff. I, maybe with this sectional job, I'll I'll offer them to take a look at that that Eggers TFL chain that that Andre left us, and mm-hmm. maybe they can select something from there. We could try that out. Seems like the price point's a little better, um, which I will not tell the client because kind of dicking us around anyway yeah it's nice to have that that sample chain too so we can you mm-hmm. know flip through it i'd love to get some you know now we're getting into places like conestoga meridian i'd love to have some physical samples yeah yeah and that's one of the big things like okay clearly the pricing between meridian and conestoga is comparable mm-hmm. because we we had meridian price out we gave them a quote from conestoga and said here price is out and they came in what a hundred dollars more, uh, yeah, yeah. So that's nothing, you know. It's uh, it was a, uh, it was what like a six, seven thousand dollar order. What's well, a hundred bucks? I think that's point one five percent. No, that that would be fifteen percent. Seven thousand divided by a hundred. Oh no, a hundred divided by seven thousand. 1.4%. 1.4. Yeah, because 70 would be 1%. Wait. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, it's not a lot. So their pricing is very... <laughs> Sorry to all the mathematicians out there. It's early. We apologize. Um, It's not a lot. So now it's down to service like and speed, mm-hmm. you know? That's one thing we didn't ask Meridian is what the lead time is. Uh, I don't know if it's set on the quote. It might. Let's see if I can pull it up. You know, we're willing to pay a little bit more if the service is better. Yeah. Like and the service. speed is better. Here we go. Blah, blah, blah. 50% deposit, 50% COD. Doesn't doesn't say Blue Ball, Pennsylvania. <laughs> That's funny. They gave us a five percent discount. Oh. Discount amount. 160 for shipping, 93 for packaging and handling, no sales tax. It doesn't say, but we can ask. We can ask Coral today. Yeah. Um, that's funny. They have here, it's New Holland, and then the their accounts receivable. 
is in blue ball. So yeah, it's going to be things like, you know, customer service, speed, quality, and all that stuff, you know. Hey, we need a sample last minute. He's driving it out to us. Yeah. Well, yeah, it goes a long way. That's a a a big check check mark in in your your bracket. One thing I like about Conestoga so far is Mandy the uh the estimator. Mm -hmm. She's she's pretty good turning her stuff around like a day, day and a half. Yeah, that's one thing I'd like to talk to Carl about is um you know, just being able to send drawings and how quick they could turn around a just a quote, you know, mm -hmm. we don't want a, a hard price, just something that's close enough that we can, you know, give the client a, a, a price and not you know, lose our shirt if it swings 10% one way or the other. Yeah. Um, because, you know, you got to invest minimal time into bidding jobs. So the, the key is to um, get as close as possible with as little work as possible. <laughs> Yeah. Because it's a big time suck. Um, and it's just, it's unnecessary because the conditions always change. So then you're doing twice the work. Mm -hmm. um, right. Because you always got to go back and, and redo it. Yeah. After you get, you know, the, everything's an inch off and you got to remeasure and mm -hmm. not remeasure, but, you know, redraw so you get all the accurate stuff. Yeah. And you go make a site visit and realize, you know, you can't put that there because you got this, whatever. The door won't open. Right. So the, the conditions always change. Um, you know, if you get, if you get a, a working drawing from a designer or somebody, it's, you know, that's a hundred percent accurate. That's, that's very rare. Um, yeah. yeah, they're just using those elevation and plan views. Those, you know, and they're, yeah, I guarantee you they have a, a CAD program that they can upload the PDF to and, and click around and pull measurements and, you know, they're not doing that shit by hand. No. Um, so yeah, we'll see what he says about that. Um, see what he says about lead time. You know, maybe we'll see if they can get us set up with, uh, some door samples. Yeah. That'd be nice. Yeah. Nice to have on hand, you know, um, you know, a couple, maybe a couple paint colors and a couple, couple stains. Yeah. Some of the more common families of stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I went through conestogas yesterday just to see what was going on there was like 60 pages yeah it's too much and you know most of them are i guess i'm gonna say they're sort of like outdated you know that darker brown yeah. family that's just not happening anymore no. now, if you want brown use walnut <laughs> no this was a lot of like the brown and brownish red kind of stain yeah burgundy kind of yeah ugh. Yeah, arch panel doors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't yeah. know who's buying that stuff, but. Well, I mean, we see a lot of it still out there. Most of it's been around for a while. Like the. Yeah, I don't see any any of it new. That's no, for sure. No, hope not. I mean, it's good if you have to replace something, but. Um, it, they have the tooling from way back when. Why, why stop offering it? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. All they're doing is setting up, you know to run a job. So the setup is going to be the same no matter what. Not like a diner menu. 
Well, kind of is like a diner menu. <laughs> except, except now that the food doesn't go bad. <laughs> yeah. What was that? Well, is that a squeaky chair? Oh, yeah. Sounded like somebody talking. Yeah. Um, I was going to say something. I don't remember what the hell it was. I know you were talking to Tony the other day. Mm-hmm. What's he going down to DC for a, a competition? Uh, no, just going on vacation. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought of it because we were talking about pizza. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, Keith was saying, you know, where should Tony go for pizza? Grimaldi's or L and B Spumoni Gardens? The consensus, I think, is that he just needs to go to both. Yeah, you know, exactly, because it's. It's two completely different takes. Yeah. You know, can't can't pick between uh just go to both. Yeah. Plus Spumoni Gardens, you get the Spumoni. Yeah. Tony of Woodland Iron. Yeah, yeah. We're of Working Hands Podcast. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, I think he's probably leaving maybe he's leaving today, I'm not sure. I know he was saying that they're gonna be around in like around Memorial Day, so that's a crazy time to be driving around. Yeah, well, actual Memorial Day, there's not, there's nothing going on. It's the Friday before and the Tuesday after. This one, it's crazy. Yeah, I wonder what that uh, road going into the Hamptons is going to be like on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess none of the tradesmen will be going in. No. They, they got to know. Yeah. So early in the morning, it might be okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know when, you know, do those people go in on Friday or they take off a couple of days before? Yeah, yeah, we don't, we're not, we're not privy to that info. I don't think, you know, Hamptons is a big, well, I don't know, I was going to say, I don't think it's a big, like, vacation spot, per se, where there's just, like, random people who are like, let's rent a house in the Hamptons. Right, for Memorial Day, you mean? Yeah, it's not yeah. like Seaside or, or yeah. Lavalette or something like that. Um, you know, the people in the Hamptons, they own those houses, you know, mm-hmm. maybe they're doing Verbo or, or Airbnb, but, um, I think most of those, those homes are actual residents or, you know, not full-time necessarily, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is some hotels and stuff, but. Or there were, what's the Atlantic, uh, <laughs> what's the one we kept eyeing? Yeah. The Atlantic that's in, uh, Southampton. But I think as you get out further towards like Montauk and stuff, there's, 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 I think there's a bunch of Montauk. Mm. So yeah, we'll be going out, um, next Wednesday. Yeah. Week from yesterday. Yeah. Um, to install those barn doors. We got to install the mantle. Um, got to do a little touch up on the island countertop. She said there's a spot that's like collecting um, dust, which it must just be a little bit rough. Mm. So I'll just hit that real quick. Um, we're going to put the legs that we made on the polyform cabinet and we got to measure a kitchen in Sag Harbor. Oh yeah. So we got, oh, we got a busy day. <laughs> Nancy's like, you'll be back. She's like, come out. So you got to come out, spend a weekend in the summer. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's not weird. 
we're, I'm here to stay in your house for a weekend. <laughs> yeah. I don't even like going to my relative's house and spending the night. Yeah, man. I like sleeping in my own bed. I mean, they're totally cool, but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're super, super nice people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I wonder, wonder what condition the pool will be in when we get out there. If they, what do they got? What do they do to those pools? They, in the in the West, they used to do shoot this stuff called gunite, which was like the the finish uh, application to the pool. That's uh, what gave it that white kind of. I thought they had tile in it. Yeah, you know, there was tile always at the top, and then but the the base of the pool like the the bowl of the pool was this stuff called gunite uh, they'd shoot it out of like a fire hose looking thing yeah and then guys would go in with trowels i don't remember it might just be concrete huh i don't remember what it looked like yeah swimming pools were big business out west oh yeah um so they painted the the pool house and uh It'll be ready to go for us. We'll get that. Barn door shouldn't take very long. Um, God willing. <laughs> yeah. What? Uh, there's a hardscape in front of the um, the opening now. We can put ladders up and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you just got to get that 19-foot track nice and straight. Mm-hmm. You know, probably... Um, Maybe get a laser up on top of the ladder. Yeah. Mark a couple points. You know, should probably uh, have a blue chalk line on hand. Good idea. Snap a line. Lay out the holes. Drill them. Put the track up. Hang the doors. It's, you know, the install on board barn door is pretty simple. Yeah, they're just heavy and awkward. Mm -hmm. It's the floor guides that... And, you know, on this, I got the U-channel one instead of the one that goes in the groove. Figured, um, you know, with seasonal expansion, contraction, and water, I don't want water getting up inside of that groove, even if yeah. it's painted and everything. Um, then, you know, if the door wants to to swell in the summertime, you know, is it going to be tight on that? You know, is the slot going to be too tight for the guide um so these ones just go around the door like at the bottom mm. you know aesthetically not quite as nice but certainly more functional for for an outdoor yeah door. yeah i mean it's they're barn doors they're gonna be rough to pick up and freaking and hang <laughs> yeah we should bring those glass the, the, suction oh, yeah. cups. i'm not sure if they'll suck on there but we could try yeah. Put one on the back. I mean, it's only got to go up a couple inches to hang on the on the track. Mm -hmm. You know, I saw this thing on Instagram. There were sort of like these mini helping hands, but they have like a little foot that you use to slip underneath something. Oh, uh, the Viking arm it's called. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Did you look at the price? I thought it was $19.99. Oh, well, that's some bullshit. Knock, Chinese knockoff. Oh. Uh. I wouldn't trust that with uh, eight thousand dollar barn doors. Said it was the uh, number one Father's Day gift, <laughs> and it came in like a little sustainer. 
Yeah, then it definitely wasn't 1999. In a real sustainer? Uh, yeah, I think so. Like it had like uh, that uh, Kaizen foam. Is that how you say it? Yeah, because one Viking arm is $206. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a pair. <laughs> and they came in, yeah, they came in like a little box. Yeah, I've seen them packed in a sustainer, but... Um... It was a real sustainer. I mean, a sustainer is 80 bucks. Yeah. Was it this? Um, you know. Because that's 140 just for the box. Oh, my God. I don't think it was that. I don't remember that, like, uh, egg crate looking foam. Yeah, they're supposed to be good. I um, I had some Bessie, uh, I forget what they called them, squeeze clamps that were real good for, for like lifting stuff up like that. Mm -hmm. Obviously, couldn't do anything heavy, but I used to use them on cabinets to to uh, lift up the front and then just drop the adjustable legs down. Uh yeah. Rather than have to crank them up by hand. Yeah, this um little advertisement showed them like lifting up appliances mm -hmm. and junk like that. Maybe I was looking at the wrong price. I don't know what was nineteen ninety nine. Maybe it was something hooked below it. You know, like on Instagram, how the the two uh, windows sometimes. Are oh yeah, I mean, it also could have just been some bullshit mm -hmm. ad for for something different. And anyway, something like that might be useful. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Maybe one of the knockoffs would work. Let's see what they got. Viking arm. Reach out to Viking arm, see if they can send us a couple. That would be awesome. I doubt, doubt that'll happen. <laughs> Use your powers of persuasion on them. I need, I need, like, to reconfigure this whole podcast setup. Make it more uh, user-friendly. I, I can't get to the computer. I can't get to that. You got to bring the boom in from a different direction. Even if it was, if I sit back in the chair, mm. the, the, I can't put the table any closer because of where the chair is. Uh, oh, save three, save 12% if you buy more than two units. Mm. 12 inch level arm lifter 14 inch labor saving arm what the hell is this thing pocket hole jig what's this <laughs> viking strength bicep tricep arm blaster tactical Ooh, Viking bracelet. Mm. Nordic metal arm ring with dragon heads. Gives you the power of a Viking. 
adjustable pewter Norse torque with Midgard Serpent Jormungander. Wow, these ones look horrible. It doesn't even. Also, do it. Didn't even try and make it look <laughs> like the same thing. I'll reach out to some people, see if they have any, any knockoffs that are any good. Cause yeah, we could just tip the door a little bit, slide them under, and then crank it up. Yeah. That'd be the ticket. So shoot out a message. Anyone have the knockoff Viking arm? So yeah, it'd be nice. It'll be nice to get out of the Hamptons. Um, yeah, that was a, it was a great job. Um, and it carried us through a lot of like the end of last year and the beginning of this year. Mm -hmm. Um, just cause the sheer amount of work that we did in there. Um, but yeah, it's the, the travel day. is rough. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's easier now just having done it so many times. Yeah, I guess because we know what to expect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just I'd rather rather not have to travel so far. Uh, we'll see about that Sag Harbor kitchen. I mean, it's going to have to have some exorbitant price on it. <laughs> yeah, we had to plan on staying out there for a week. Yeah, because know, to do the install. We can't travel back and forth with that. No. You know, I have to rent a U-Haul for a week. Unless we can do it one way. But no, then we'd be stuck out there unless we drove. Well, we'd have to take two vehicles. Yeah. We've got to put the tools in something. Oh, uh, yeah. Just to deliver all the cabinets. Yeah. Um, that or have them, you know, picked up. Yeah, I wonder if um, Spumoni Gardens in uh, downtown Brooklyn will be uh, open by then. <laughs> Get off at Cabin Plaza West. Double park, get a quarter spumoni. That'll hold me over till we get back to Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the rolling roaster dream is dead. Yeah. <laughs> so there's just spumoni left. Uh, for those that follow the podcast, some uh, sometime back. The myth of uh, Roland Roaster was debunked. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they remember. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can't look back. Well, they say you can never go home. Uh, I don't know that one. Oh, yeah. I guess it means because stuff changes. Yeah. So, yeah, aside from that, we got... Um, uh, built that reception desk and, you know, waiting. I sent an email this morning, like, uh, what's the status of the project? Like you guys said, you, you know, you said you were going to call yesterday. You, we're good to go, but he's going to call tomorrow. Okay. Well, he didn't call and you want everything as soon as possible. And, and you've been, done. now you're dragging your feet for another week. So I said, 
It's imperative that we get material ordered this week because it's a six to eight week, six to eight week lead time for the upholstery after we finish, which is really not true because mm-hmm. he can build, the, he can make the cushions, whatever. Six to eight weeks after we finish building the sectionals. So I hate this, like, we're in a big rush thing, and then it's like, okay, can you get back to me about the job if you're in such a rush? Because I got no problem, you know, you send an email, you can't I, you can't get back to me within a couple days? Yeah, communication. I was reading this uh, little short uh, interview with uh, Warren Buffett. He was talking about, uh, you know, oncoming... Uh, maybe not recession, but, you know, slow down the economy and what people could do and all these other things. And he was saying that the communication is really one of the top things to to hone and and be aware of. And I I think in general, we're pretty good at that. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's zero reciprocity. (laughs) You know, the designer calls and she's like, I'm literally begging you to take, like, take on this part of the job. It's like, okay, we could do it, but let's, let's keep the ball rolling. Like Mm -hmm. you roll the ball to me, I roll it back and it sits at your feet for three days. There's no reason for it. No. Um, and then, you know, it's like, they don't read the scope of work because then they're asking questions that are clearly defined in the scope of work letter. It's Mm -hmm. like, you know, it's not like it's like 10 pages. It's two pages, double spaced, with bullet points. Yeah. Like, please just read it. And a note section and everything's clearly labeled. Yeah. It's all super cut and dry. There's no legalese in it. It's, it's, you know, a kindergartner could figure it out. I'd like to see some, some of the other, uh, like, uh, proposals, contracts, whatever you want to call it. I'd like to see what they get from other companies like ours. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Super obnoxious. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, there's nothing we could do. I mean, you you wind up feeling almost like a little pest. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, this week we're, like, got barely anything going on. Just mm-hmm. a bunch of piddly little bullshit. And then, you know, in two weeks from now, we're probably going to have so much work because everything is just, it's, you know, it's everything's getting up. delayed, delayed, delayed. And now we're going to have the kitchen job, the sectional job, the co-working desk job, this Hoboken job. Then July is going to be coming up and we're going to need to work on Carissa's job in Hoboken and wherever that is, Jersey City. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, I mean, I'd rather, I, I want to be at the point where, we're pushing to hit deadlines. Mm-hmm. That's really where the business needs to be. Um, Cause now it's, you know, we're never at that point where it's like, we got to push to get this out because we got, we got to get working on this job to hit that deadline. Um, you know, it, it adds a little bit of stress, but it also adds when you're done, you get a little bit more of that sense of accomplishment, but a little endorphin rush. Yeah. But it just keeps everything, you know, moving where it needs to be and, you know, cash flow and all that stuff. Like when you have a week or two weeks between jobs, it's no good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. Yeah. And I mean, it's bad for everything. You're, you're pacing and, um, 
you know, just the 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 movement in the shop. Yeah. You know, we got we got jobs like stacked up in the shop now just sitting here. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, the downtime kills me. It fucking kills me. I'll be glad uh, too. When are we gonna um those uh those banquettes that we have? Uh, they're going out in June. I mean, that doesn't bother me. Those can sit there. It's it's not having something to work on that kills me. You know, the banquettes are they get in the way every now and then, but you know that's whatever. They're done. All yeah. we got to do is deliver them. We've been paid. We're not waiting on anything on those. We've been we're paid in full. Um. You know, same with that reception desk. Okay, it's in here, but we're, we got paid in full. So if they want to let it sit in here, so be it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're going to have to start charging storage to them. That'll, that'll light a fire under them. Yeah. Yeah, we need it right away. Mm-hmm. ASAP. Okay, well, please define that because... Apparently, you, they're like, wow, you got that done really fast. Yeah, you said you needed it. I know. And I told you if we were going to take it on that I needed to get it in and out. I guess we're going to have to start asking a couple more questions. Like, what what, what date? I do, but they give me some wishy-washy answer. Yeah. Well, you know, he'd like to start showing the lobby within the next two weeks. Well, now we're within that time frame because mm-hmm. I finished it over a week ago. Yeah. You know, you say, let me know what days and times would be available for installation. And I'll let you know. And no, no days or times provided. Oh, boy. I wonder how many other people have these same uh, issues. Probably just about all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Week just flew by again. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. It, well, not for me. It fucking dragged. And it's Thursday already. I thought Keith might come by this week. He texted me yesterday, but I wasn't. I wasn't in the shop. Yeah. We keep trying to get our buddy Lou to come on the podcast, but uh, he's uh, he's good at sidestepping. Yeah. <laughs> Thing is, too, you know, we're going to be back at the point where we're going to be too busy to, you know, when you have a guest, it's like, you know, they it's an show afternoon, up and then yeah. you chat, and then you do the podcast, and it always runs longer than you know, an hour. So you know, it's going to be tough. Yeah, I mean, I like having guests. It's nice. But you're right about the the time commitment. Yeah, I mean it would have to be after, after hours. Yeah, or or you know, um, be a dinner time thing. Yeah, or you know, try and start at four or something so we only lose half hour. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean we could always try the remote thing. I don't know. With this, it's a, apparently you can get really high quality. Um, remote guests. I don't know. I have to try it. How does that work? What is it? It goes through, um, you can hook like your phone up to this and do it over a phone call Oh, or you could hook the computer and get the zoom. So the audio just tracks automatically into that. 
that's um, cool. There's a couple different ways to do it. Yeah, I, I don't even really understand it. And I'm, I mean, I've been around electronics for a long time and I I was watching this thing and they were talking about how we're, as a society, we're so um, dependent on all this technology that most people have no idea how it works. And uh, yeah, I mean, unless you're really, like I was talking to Christopher yesterday just about, um, you know, running virtual machines and stuff like that. And every other sentence he was saying something that just like went, went right over my head. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's always been like that though. You know, like when cars first came out or whatever, let's say cars became popular in what the 19 teens. Mm -hmm. So in 1930, you think everybody knew, how, you know, how a car worked, how the, yeah, yeah. no, because it, it doesn't matter. You know, all that matters is that I can get in and drive it. <laughs> um, I don't need to know, you know, all the back, back end of how all this stuff works. It's, you know, we have a limited amount of, of, um, processing that we can do in our head. So anything that's not absolutely necessary is like, is just that it's not necessary to. Yeah. It's like even something that's been around since when was TV, the forties. Uh, I don't know, but, uh, how do you aim a camera at somebody and it goes through the air like, uh, you know, in a, as a, a radio signal or, or whatever it's called. Yeah. And it comes out on your TV set. Uh-huh. How does that work? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it doesn't affect, not knowing doesn't affect the end no. user experience. <laughs> yeah, there's that saying that like any... Um, you know, technology, sufficiently high technology is, is equivalent to magic. Yeah. Um, that's, that's about it. But, you know, you take something like TV for granted, it's been around for, you know, our whole lives mm -hmm. and have no clue how it works. Yeah. I mean, look at radio. It's yeah. been around for how long? Yeah. I mean, I, I could kind of like, you know, it, it loses me like Morse code or whatever, like the, you know, the, the, the tapping on a physical wire. Okay. Uh -huh. I get that. But the minute you go wireless. Yeah. Like they're just weird yeah, waves. <laughs> just send out the waves and the waves get collected and then they get, you know, reconfigured into either audio or, or uh video. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine being like the, the first people to see like TV, like, Oh, how, how does this work? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, they had, you know, films like were, had to predate TV by mm -hmm. quite some time. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's just a physical project, you know, just projecting through the film. Right. Right. Yeah. And the films were, those early films were like the thing you used to do as a kid, like on the corner of your book. Yeah, you know, flip book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a bunch of still images. I mean, that's it's still what it is. Just the yeah. frame rates have gone up. Yeah. I mean, now you have digital, um, which I'm not. I'm not exactly sure how that works, but yeah, like even you know, if you're shooting video with like a DSLR camera, that's exactly what it is. It's just sixty frames a second mm -hmm. instead of two frames a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where do you think it's headed? 
Oh, fuck, final. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what what could possibly be next? Uh, well, you know, I think VR probably will continue to, you know, get better and get cheaper, and will go more into the mainstream. Um, AR and AI and all that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, as it as it pertains to our industry, I've been watching all these mosaic videos, mm-hmm. and a lot of it. You know, we don't have any CNC stuff, but a lot of it obviously is is made by guys that are CNCing. Yeah. And even though I understand the concepts and everything like that, it's it's just still mind blowing how much stuff this the CNC does. You know, oh, it's yeah. like it, uh, it, it. You know, the joinery, the shelf pinholes, the the hinge boring. It's yeah. Um, and the the ease with which this stuff is, you know, programmed now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty amazing. It kind of, uh, not humbling, but you know, it's like, you know, you, you, I feel a little bit primitive, you know, <laughs> it's like, and we have a pretty well equipped shop. Yeah. You know, like I remember doing hinge cups, you know, by hand, mm-hmm. you know, with that little plastic guy thing. Now we have a, a hinge boring machine and yep. it's still com- you know, when you see the CNC thing, it's like, man, we're in the stone age. Yeah. I mean, everything that we're using has been around for decades and decades. Yeah. Some of it is, even the laser is not anything new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I mean, I guess, you know, they have all those fully automated lines doing all this stuff, too. Mm-hmm. You know, so it makes even even like a, a small shop like ours use a mosaic with a CNC. That's you know, you know, somewhat uh, low tech. Oh yeah, like if we were just using like a flatbed CNC. Yeah. That at this point, yeah, that's that's nothing innovative or or no. that's like standard operating procedure now. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, who knows? We we could always get a a little four by eight CNC. That's not not too crazy. You know, you mm-hmm. get them for for relatively inexpensive. But you know, when you can get the work done for sixty five dollars a sheet, yeah, yeah. Where's the, you know, where's the profit point on that? Yeah, you know, where it pays to where it's paid for itself, and now you're making, you know, making money with it versus. Yeah, subbing out has has definite uh, appeal too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's comes into the shop all ready to rock and roll. Yeah, I mean, you know, it would have to be running a lot. Yeah, to um to be worth buying. Uh, you know, now it's like okay, we get a kitchen, we can get that cut on CNC, but like a small job, it, it's cheaper just to do it on the slider. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be a interesting internal dialogue to have, like, if you had one of those, like, what tool you're going to use. I think the um, the point-to-point is a lot cooler and a lot more versatile. You know, like Brian was saying, you can rough your parts out on the slider mm-hmm. and work in different zones, and, you know, you could load on four, four cabinet sides 
and um, it'll cut it to final size, bore all the holes, and, you know, as it moves from zone one to two, well, you're reloading zone one with a new fresh part as and, you know, unloading as they finish up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because it's a lot faster to cut rectangles out on a saw than it is with a router. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you're not burying, you're not burying the bit fully in the work. You're just cutting around the outside, mm-hmm. which, um, it's gotta save quite a bit on those expensive bits. Yeah. And I think Brian was saying like, you can step up your tooling size for that out outside cut. So instead of using a, whatever, let's say you use a quarter inch or a three eighths inch, um, bit when you're doing it. Uh, was it called nested base? Mm-hmm. Like on a flatbed? Yeah. Because you don't want this massive. First of all, it's a big cut because it, let's say you 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 can't use a three quarter inch because then you're removing three quarter inches of material and it's harder on the spindle because you're you're cutting a full three quarter inch wide swath. Right. Um, here you're just trimming the edge, so you could use a larger diameter, which keeps the bit cooler. And it can move faster and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. So you could do your outside trim with a big wide bit and it's no problem. But if you do nested base, you can't do that because. No. You don't want that huge curved waist and all the other. Yeah. All the other things that go with it. We know anybody that does that stuff? What? Uh, flatbed CNC. We Anybody in our circle doing that? Flatbed or point to point? Uh, either. Well, yeah, we know the guys at Timber. We know well, Timmy. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah Timber's more. I I think of them as more like um, I don't know. Uh, like they're not putting cabinets together and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, no, not really. But yeah. I mean, they have like four flatbed CNCs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of guys. I can't think of anybody off the top of my head aside from Timmy, but, um, you know, it's a popular small shop machine for cutting cabinet parts. Yeah. I mean, Keith was really the first person I knew that had one. Mm. You know, he, his, he's got like something that about the size of our laser almost, right? Uh, I think it's 24 by 36. Yeah. I haven't heard him talk about it for quite a while. I don't know if it even runs anymore. <laughs> yeah, a lot of, it was a lot of trouble. Yeah, the machine's a piece of junk. Oh, man. Excuse me. Well, rather than continue to ramble on, we better cut out because this guy could be showing up any minute here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. We'll see you next week. We'll probably have some stories from the Hamptons. Oh, yeah. Everybody take care. As always, Rob and I thank you for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next week. If you want to help support the podcast, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Again, we appreciate your support. Thanks for tuning in.